Does it sound good to you? Yeah, sounds good to me. So far. Fine. Fight me. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was going to be so easy. I, I kind of just roll over. You know? <laughs> well, then that's not a fight. That's just, I say fight me and you're like, I'm a cat. That's that's my version of a fight. <laughs> Welcome to She, Her, Hers, a podcast about the challenges and joys of staying in a trans-cis relationship. I'm Aubrey and I use she, her, hers pronouns. I am a retired roller derby athlete, and I'm still trying to make friends as an adult. I'm Vicky, and I use she, her pronouns, and I dedicate more energy to not adopting animals in a given day than to finding food. So how you doing? Uh, it's a weird time. It is a weird time to be on the planet. How does it feel now that we've officially launched our podcast? It feels good and also scary and also like it's doing nothing. Like, I didn't expect anything to happen because we launched it like right before New Year's. So it was still a holiday. So it takes forever for anything to happen during the holidays. We're now on Apple. We still are waiting for Google for some unknown reason. We're on all the others. I don't know. It just feels, it feels like we can't do anything about the problems that we're experiencing until everything is set up. And then we can start to fix stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's kind of odd because I keep wanting to tell everybody about everything. But they're like, we're on SoundCloud, but we're not quite on Google or iTunes yet. Oh, now we're on iTunes and we're not on Google yet. And And for some reason, Podbean and iTunes only recognize two of our four things that we have uploaded. Yeah. So we have to we have some kinks to work out, but for me it feels so great to have the first launch done cuz that's like out into the world now. I want it to be further along. That's okay. This is where we're at. We're just going to keep keep moving along a little little bit at a time. And then we have to start making decisions like what kind of website do we want to go along with this? And we have to make a video for Patreon and we have to, Oh, if we're going to make a video for Patreon, we might as well put everything on YouTube and Oh, I didn't set everything up to be on YouTube right away. And I mean, it should just be us like exporting an extra video. Uh, after we export our MP3, we export an MP4. Mm, I'm pretty sure SoundCloud does it automatically. Okay. Podpeen does it automatically. You know way more about the actual process of these things than I do, but it shouldn't be crazy. It's not crazy. It's just a lot of work on the front end, and then you forget that you have to do all this stuff. The next time you're like, oh, yeah, let me make another podcast. Mm. It's okay. We'll get it rolling. 
How are you feeling other than relieved for the for the podcast? Like, what else is going on with you? Well, you know, it's a new year, so it is back to production in my job. And so now I'm just working on the main thing that I do, which is the career mode. And I don't know, I'm kind of looking forward. We're starting to plan all of our trips and looking forward to all that stuff and like starting to figure out what the year is going to look like now that we're in it. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, we're talking about the topic of what it's like to be visibly trans. Mm -hmm. And this kind of came up for me when we went to go see Laverne Cox and she would talk about how it's okay for us to be visibly trans and that visibly trans can be uh, helpful and advocacy in itself because people can actually see that it's not a crazy thing. It's not some weird thing that you have to worry about. It's a normal, common thing that people do and that other people can see you and find community in that. And so I have started thinking about it in a way that it is not as important for me to pass as I was like investing a lot of feelings in. There's there's still this like um, sort of feeling that I want to have security of passing and not have to worry about getting misgendered or any of that stuff. Yeah, I think I feel like there's two camps. There are people who want to pass because it has a lot it goes a lot to their self-esteem and it goes a lot to their dysphoria where they they gen like they genuinely do not want to be perceived as the wrong gender there's a camp of people who want to be visibly trans just for advocacy purposes like even if they are not like if people wouldn't know that they are trans they would still tell people that they're trans yeah i i yeah and i think there's also i mean there's there's many other reasons why people might want to pass or not pass but this idea that like like i have trouble finding other trans people in public or as i say i have trouble finding like connecting with trans people in the wild because there's no good way to like flag yourself and also say, hey, look, I'm like you. Like, we should be friends. Yeah, without outing them or without making them without feel crappy. Them. Yeah. So, like, they might, because if they invest a lot in passing and you're like, oh, hey, I'm trans, and you're that kind of flags them as a person who doesn't quite pass as a cis person, which never feels good especially if there's a lot of feelings around that yeah and even like i still feel like even people who are visibly trans and make no uh like have no qualms with being an out trans person they still are not going to feel great if you walk up to them and be like hey are you trans like that i feel like there needs to be a handshake or something to be like all right we're on the same page Let's move on from this new place. Yeah. But at the same time, that like with any sort of social situation, you don't really need that. You just 
walk up to someone and you're like, hey, friend, I don't want to be your friend for any other reason than I want to be your friend. Mm. So, yeah, you basically just want to make a friend the normal way. And then hopefully you will get to know each other well enough that you will connect and you will talk about those things eventually. I don't know. For for me, like because of this feeling of wanting to uh, wanting to be seen as I am as trans, mm-hmm. um, some of it is because it's really hard to actually go stealth these days because there's so many there's so many online accounts and different things that like pick up your old identity you get all of this like business mail with your old name on it and some combination of your old and new name on it i don't know there's just a lot of things that make it hard to pass that like i don't really want to invest a lot in there and then there's also like i don't want to work on my voice a ton because that is the that is the one thing that like flags me as trans more often than anything else right now. At the same time, it feels really terrible when I'm on the phone and people get it wrong. And there's also this um, group of people who transitioned, you know, either pre the internet or um, have done a lot of work to hide their old identities. And they, I remember talking to them at the beginning of our process and they were very upset like almost mad at the idea of somebody not trying to go stealth i don't know if it's because they invested so much time and energy into doing it for themselves or if it was more having to do with it endangers more people yeah because if you're trying to go stealth and you have more people who are different around you people start to look more critically And it makes it harder for those people to stay stealth. Yeah. I also, there was this moment where we were walking around and I was, the only reason I knew that I was the only cis person there is because everybody who we were with was out about being trans, but we were all walking around and for all intents and purposes, we looked like a bunch of girls rolling around. And there was this moment that like, I started to feel uncomfortable. Like we were in an unfamiliar neighborhood and people were like looking at us and I legitimately couldn't tell if men were looking at us because we were a group of girls or if they were trying to figure out which Uh, Like, if they could tell that one of us was trans, and so they were trying to tell if we were all trans, or what. And for some reason, like, I was like, oh, this is the feeling that people want to avoid of what, like, what you need to be worried about while you're on the street. And at the same time, I'm like, but women have to worry about this all the time regardless. Like, it's not, it's not safe to just be a female presenting person at all so yeah there was a moment of discomfort and then there was a moment of reflection of just like it doesn't matter if they're trying to tell if we're a bunch of you know trans people walking around or if we're just a bunch of girls walking around if we're an easy target i mean to some extent i agree with you but to another extent there's a lot of states where it is still legal to argue temporary insanity 
to kill a trans person because you didn't know that they you thought they were a different gender and you were surprised and that has been used in court of law and like it holds water and it's really terrifying and in some places basically legal to murder trans people and not have a problem so the idea that you're trans is even more dangerous like that's i guess what i was getting at right but the the concept of we're endangering each other by all being visibly trans or we're endangering each other by one of us being visibly trans or we're endangering the cis people in the group like like the logic just doesn't hold up for you there's just there's just no yeah there's no logic in the whole well there's no logic in the argument that you have temporary insanity because then like are you temporarily insane when you're raping anybody else are you temporarily insane when you're murdering anybody else? I mean, yes, people try to use that as a way to get out of the penalties for murder, but you know what you're doing. <laughs> I agree with you. I just wish that the court of law would throw those types of arguments out. And they are not there yet in a lot of places. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was wailing on you because you're a woman. <laughs> now I'm wailing on you because... You're a trans woman. (laughs) So in that way, do you feel like it is safe for me to be visibly trans while in a relationship with you? It definitely brings this level of extra vigilance to me at all times. It's been, there was a lot more vigilance before. um, And it just changes sort of the way you carry yourself. I was talking to someone today about... Uh, there was, there's apparently a bad area of Minneapolis where you don't want to get on the train. And she was like, I used to live down there. Like, I don't know why I felt this way at this particular time in my life. And she was reflecting. She's like, it's because of the way you carry yourself. If you carry yourself like a mark, then the person is going to know that you're an easy target. Whereas if you carry yourself as if like you're not, you know what you're doing, you know where you're going, then you're not as easy of a target and you're not, they're not going to bother with you basically. And so like, there's just been this change in behavior in me where you walk down the street and you look people in the eye and you make sure that you hold yourself in a way that says, I know what I am doing. I'm not trying to hide anything and you are not going to mess with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends walk with me and, Occasionally, somebody will, like, get too close to us or, like, feel really creepy. And they'll just, like, turn around and stare at the person to make it clear, like, no, I know you're there. I see you and I know what's going on. And not even say anything to them. Just, like, make sure that they make eye contact and see it and then continue. Yeah. Because on the one hand, that that signals to a person that, you're not getting away with anything. And then if someone if someone was just like not paying attention to their own surroundings and someone turns around and looks at you, then you're like, oh, I should be paying attention to my surroundings. I was acting like a creep unwittingly. Oopsies. I think you can stop doing that. <laughs> I certainly hope so. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know if everybody has that awareness. Or they're just like, uh, oh, some chick turned around in the street today and just stared at me for no reason. I don't even know why. Oh, that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. 
But it, like, affects both of us. Well, it affects both of us. I think I have adopted this persona of, like, protector when it comes to you, where I will, because of my hypervigilance, I will start, like, start a conversation with somebody who's, like, staring at us or um, try to try to just sort of diffuse those situations. It does it does clearly make us a different type of target. Like we're two women walking around rather than a woman and their spouse who is a male. Like there, a lot of protections are, are taken away from me because I am not with a male. And that's, that's just by me passing as, as feminine. Right. Yeah. If two people are walking behind us specifically, the only thing they notice about us is that we're tall ladies. <laughs> Until they hear me talk. Not even then, because I... Like, there are plenty of people with low voices. And so, especially if... Yeah, there there have been more looks about, whoa, your voice is really low, than any anything else. I mean, that's what I get from kids the most, is they're like... Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know what that kind of person are you? <laughs> I didn't know that sound was going to come out of you. That is not the the voice that I was thinking was going to come out of you. But that's actually funny because the voice that I hear in my head is a lot lower than the voice that comes out on recording and it takes a long time for me to like hear my own voice that doesn't sound right. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder how many people are co- conscious of that too where Maybe you sound different in your head. I mean, everybody does. I I come out a lot lower than I expect me to come out, and that doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't like my, hearing my own recorded voice. <laughs> like, I don't have a lot of dysphoria when I'm talking, but when I listen to myself, I get I get a lot of ickiness. Which makes editing fun. Yeah. Try not to think about it. <laughs> but there's also this idea that, like, because if I'm not visibly trans, like it is hard because it's harder for other people to find me, um, to find others like them. If a lot of other people are also not visibly trans, then like it's just generally harder to find community. It's hard to find people who have been in your shoes and like who have lived the experiences that you're going through and for you to find people where you're going to be able to like get some empathy for the stuff you're like going through. And you, I think in our situation, we like to find people who are like us and we Mm -hmm. like to like provide community for people. So <laughs> we fun it we run into this really weird situation where we're like I think that person is trans but I don't want to be an asshole mm-hmm. so maybe they'll come out to us if we like breadcrumb them out <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of like how do I make it safe enough that they want to like let us know what's going on but like forming that community um, has been really important uh, for me along the the path and i don't know how has it felt for you like bringing more people in who were also couples um in a trans cis relationship or even multiple queer people it's funny because after 
I came out that I had a trans partner and you began, you began dressing female and presenting female, the number of trans people who just like came out to me for, I don't know why, I, I guess they just felt comfortable, but it was, it was like, oh, Everybody that I know is trans anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are trans anyway. Yeah, That's I feel cool. like you were just like, oh, and I know this trans person, and I know this trans person, and for a while I didn't even know that many trans people, so it was like, you have more fr- trans friends than I do. Like, <laughs> I don't even know this many. <laughs> But we've gotten to know each other, so we kind of all, like, yeah, have our own friends and together friends and all this different stuff. It also makes, it makes the initial conversation awkward because you don't know if you're supposed to be like, oh, I didn't know, or, oh, okay, or, oh, I couldn't tell because it might feel good to them to be like, oh, good, I was passing, but at the same time, like... Yeah, I guess it's better to just be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because like early on in my transition, I felt okay about that when people would say that. But nowadays I'm just like, uh, because people will say like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that you were trans. Like I had no idea. And I'm just like, so? Like, <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> That, that is that's not, not like it seems like they're trying to give me a compliment that like yeah. oh look you're such a good trans person that I didn't know you were a trans person and I'm just like thanks uh-huh. that also feels awful like don't tell people that yeah we should we should have general guidelines the other thing that happens too is that I mean kind of along the same lines as a whole bunch of people will come out to you because you're now a safe person is that you become a trans ambassador like. Uh, you'll be in a public place and, you know, I'll be with you or you'll just be by yourself and people will be like, oh, are you so-and-so's friend? Like, insert name of other trans, the only other trans person this person knows. And you're like, uh, no, uh, now you just outed someone to me. That was rude of you. (laughs) Well, you assume that's why they're asking you. You don't actually know. But um, also they will use a name that you don't know that person by. Yep. Often it will be like, like people are out in different places with different (laughs) names and different like pronouns and you don't necessarily know. And so if they say a name that I don't know, I just say, nope, (laughs) I do not know that person. Yep. I don't say, oh, do you mean this person and like say a different name because that might out that person, which is not really what I'm going for. Like I don't ever want to out another person. Well, and like along the lines of being the trans ambassador, you're expected to like answer questions about being trans and things like that. It's like, it's like being the only black person in a predominantly white community. You're like expected to speak for black people. Yeah. Uh, that, that, how like, does that feel for happens you? Happens a lot. <laughs> how does it feel being a trans person in Trump's America? Well, let me tell you, how much time do you have? Especially today. <laughs> 
Um, but like sometimes like I, I do a youth group, I, I help um, organize a youth group to allow uh, queer youth to have a safe space to figure themselves out and to just be them. Mm-hmm. Like some of them will come in and be like, oh my gosh, you are like a trans icon. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, who knows me here? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm somehow famous to them. And it's, You're it's famous kind of like to youths. I guess so. It's really, it's really strange, strange huh. sort of feeling. Because mm-hmm. I don't, like, I'm not aware that other people know me. And apparently they know me, like, a lot. And I'm like... You seem to think that you know me, but I don't actually know how well you know me. <laughs> I mean, we live in a small town. It's true. That's going to happen with anything that you have that is different. But then there's this whole level of, why do you know me? Well, like, I, is it because I'm a female video game developer? Right, because like, I, <laughs> I do talks at, yeah. the, at like GlitchCon and other events. And sometimes people will know me from those things and I'm not necessarily aware of it or I'm on different like Discord channels and and Slack channels. Like sometimes people will know me from there, but I don't actually know their real name and I've never met them in person. So like sometimes that's what it is. But I'm starting to get to the point where sometimes people know me and I don't know what they know me from or they seem to know me way better than... I know them, and it's just really strange. Well, that's just going to keep happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I'm kind of positioning positioning myself in a way that I'm hoping to be an advocate. I'm hoping to be able to speak on topics and that people find it useful to listen to what I have to say. I also like connecting people and I like making safe spaces and I like making resources for people that make things easier. A lot of what I want to do in video games is make things that enrich other people's lives and make a lot of queer content, a lot of queer content together that is just fucking lovely. It's difficult. I mean, this is sort of related, but tangential. I don't know. I don't know how to bring this in. But what I want to say is that a few times at work, I have been told that we can't do things like walk in the pride parade 
as just food co-op or hang signs that say that we're LGBT friendly. And the reason that we can't do that is always that, quote, we don't do anything political. And I can't get over the fact that my existence is a matter of political opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing that I rail against most in my day-to-day life, other than not adopting animals, obviously. But, like, I don't know how to get across to people that whether or not I have rights and whether or not I exist is not a matter of opinion. Like, it's not a political... Like, the government does not need to say that I exist in order for me to exist. And I haven't figured out, like, I haven't even figured out how to say this succinctly in a podcast. And I really can't say it succinctly to my boss. And I'm just like, actually, we should put rainbows everywhere because it is not, it's not up to someone else whether trans people exist. And I guess that's why I'm bringing it up in this episode is that being openly trans and visibly trans is basically saying I exist and I also don't need to ask for permission to exist. Yeah. And it's a form of advocacy in itself. Right. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems somewhat of what you're trying to say is that the fact that we exist is not political. Right. But the fact that we don't have the things that we should have makes it become political because we have to fight for those things. Right. But fighting for those things kind of conflates the facts. Like, I am a human who has rights. End of sentence. The fact that we have to fight to defend those rights is not... I'm fighting a political fight. That's a separate thing. That is a political fight. But I don't have have those rights less because the government doesn't... Doesn't acknowledge them. Right. And technically, the government does acknowledge them. It's just certain areas of the government that... Certain groups of people just want to find ways to exploit other people. And when it doesn't explicitly say, yes, you have rights, then they find their way into loopholes. But it's not a political act to say, we support people. Yeah. Like... We support these people and we support those people. Like, none of that is political. That is, like, this is a safe place for you and we support you. It's hard because it's not, it's, we no longer put up signs that say that this establishment has been desegregated. Like, that has become a truth. Common. Right. And the fact that I would want something that says, hey, this place acknowledges that you are a real person. It's basically taking a step for the the company to say, you're welcome here. Right. We see you. And right. and to to have a to actually use their voice to be like, we stand with you. Well and it's the state of Minnesota, and I don't know if this is just a Minneapolis thing, but we have all our welcome here signs. And just having that is supposedly a political statement. And I'm like, 
How is it a political statement to say that we believe that everybody has human rights? Because Especially it's a for and and people are it, it I don't think that it necessarily makes sense. I am just imagining what what could be the logic. But it's it's, it's an easy way out. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not. It's, yes, it's faulty logic. It's not fuzzy. It's very clear. But it is a cheap, weaselly way to say, I don't want to deal with that in this political climate with these type of people because we're in a white area. If they don't want to like do that sort of thing, then they can't put up stuff for Christmas or any well, they other can't. holiday. They, they do. They don't do those things. Apparently at one point they got flack for putting up a Christmas tree with like, I don't know. I think it's called like an angel tree where you have the names of people and you adopt a family. Like we've done that because it was a Christian thing. And I'm like, first of all, it's not second of all, it, it was a charity, like it was a charitable donation thing. Third of all, you're letting a loud voice who is wrong dictate what you do. Yeah, they need to get a sense of what they need to get a sense of what they stand for and then make sure that they stand for it. Yeah. If you stand for feeding everybody, you also stand for everybody. They has stand work. for food justice. How are they not allowed to do political things their, their entire existence is I don't there justice I, I don't know it okay. doesn't make any sense to me anyway no. so we're we're off topic at this point Pressing questions. Pressing questions. Aubrey, what is your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to start a retirement fund. Ooh. And to focus more on self-care this year. Mm-hmm. Because that is a thing that has fallen um, in disrepair for me last year. Like the year before, I did really good journaling every day. did a lot of yoga last year. Like... No yoga, and, well, at least not after I, I graduated yoga teacher training. No yoga and, like, no journaling except when things got really bad. And I'm hoping to reduce the amount of times that things get really bad by doing more of that self-care. What about your New Year's resolutions, Vicki? I'm having a really tough time making New Year's resolutions. I, I don't want to start doing things. I mostly want to stop doing things. Mm. Uh, I definitely think that a, I think we're already on this path, but like doing a no buy period of time is something that we have done. We, we can continue to do. Um, What is appealing about that for you? Whenever we are stressed or we see an opportunity, we sort of seize upon that opportunity to like specifically buy clothes, like buy a batch of clothes And I know that it's been a thing for me in the past where I just want new clothes for the seasons and things. And one, I don't agree with the the practice and I don't agree with the consumerism, 
but I also don't want to have a bunch of things that I constantly have to get rid of because that's the cycle. Like, oh, I bought all this stuff and I don't like it or it's wrecked or whatever. And now I have to get rid of it again. The buying and the getting rid of stuff is a problem for me. I want to have things that I want to hang on to for a long time. Mm. But I still don't know. I don't know what that's going to boil down to. So what did you do, Vicky, over winter break? My winter break was sort of broken up because the holidays were on weird days. So like I worked for a couple of days and then I was off for a couple of days and I worked for a couple of days. Uh, But mostly I just uh, sat on the couch and played Stardew Valley. Mm. Yes. Stardew Valley came out a long time ago. Why were you playing it now? Why are you asking me in that tone of voice? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm not using a specific tone. I was not aware of, of why I was using that tone. Why are you playing it now instead of like when it just came out on the Switch? We did play it when we, when it came out on the Switch, but we couldn't play it together. But oh. multiplayer came out. So now we can both play at the same time and I don't have to wait for like three days for you to get all the crops planted before I can just take care of the animals. Yeah, because really what you want to do is chop all the trees down, because that feels really good to just clear things out, doesn't it? I want to chop all the trees down, I want to mine all the ore, and I want to make all of the uh, animal products into animal goods. It's kind of weird to be feeling really good from doing all of these things, when... In our actual life, we are trying to get away from that practice of, like, consuming (laughs) animal products and and things. Yeah, I feel really weird about making digital eggs into digital mayonnaise, but I guess at this point I can get rid of all of my animals except my pigs and my sheep and my bunnies and just have truffle oil and... Just exploit their, their sense of smell. Yeah. Truffle oil and cloth, and that's it. That's all I do. And so what happens to my digital cows that I sell back to Marnie? Does she sell them again? I, I don't even know. You're probably buying them sometime in the future. Those no, are the ones I, that, you have to that buy a new, calf. new people buy. But they're adult cows that are producing... That's how producing... they get the names that they, that they give you when you first <laughs> buy the cows. They're actually from other farmers. But they're calves. My cow, if I sold it back to her, is producing Iridium Star large milks, and then they go back to producing no milk? It's ridiculous. So we did a thing for Christmas Eve. We exchanged books. What book did you read? Um, I read Of Fire and Stars, and the book was pretty good, but it was very, it took a long time to warm up. And I'm a slow reader, so Vicky was done with her book by the time I was only, like, 30% into my book. And because it was slow, it was harder to, like, really gain a lot of traction. I don't know. It was kind of just, like, mediocre. It wasn't... It wasn't... wasn't super great. Yeah, I'm really disappointed that I gave you that book because you gave me a really good book. It was called Soft on Soft, which was a book that was published on Kindle and... It was about a pansexual character and I believe a lesbian getting into a relationship and they were both fat and it was so great and oh, it was it was adorable. It was an adorable book. 
and their biggest conflict was wanting to spend more time with each other. Like, <sighs> hashtag can relate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, mine was about two princesses and a fantasy land. One was betrothed to her brother, and they fall in love eventually. And so there's this lesbian love story that's happening, like, in the face of the the kingdom. And also, she's a secret magic user, and nobody's allowed to know, because apparently magic is outlawed. So it's like Hashtag can relate. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of time dedicated to not letting the magic out and feeling all the tingles of the magic and not letting that out. And I'm just like, oh, girl, can you just learn how to do magic already? Because, like, that's the interesting part of this book. <laughs> yeah, it's not even It's not even that you fell in love with your betrothed sister. It's that you that you are a magic user and you should just do that. Yeah, I just, I wanted them to get on the horses and ride off and go on an adventure. And I'm like, when is that going to happen? And it just never happened. Mm. We did something for New Year's this year. Woo! We went and worked. We don't always do that. No, we don't always interact with people. But because what did we do? Because we had enough energy from not interacting with people for Christmas uh we were able to go interact with people we went over to our friend's house and hung out played some games Mm -hmm. like did some uh ridiculous cooking on uh overcooked oh my god had a silly time with friends and ate some vegan food they were so nice that they like made vegan cake and like vegan bean dip and like these vegan roasted nuts those roasted nuts were good there was a lot we could eat there yeah it was nice it was yeah it was pretty cool uh it was the first time in a long time where i've looked around and i've been like oh we're hanging out with white people we have it become has very been diverse a long, yeah like it's we, been a we long hang time out with a lot of different people now <laughs> we went over and hung out and played games at a different party and i think i me and one other person we were the only white people and i was like oh okay this is normal and i didn't think anything of it until i was at the white people party and i was like and i expected to have problems and then i was like oh everybody here is super freaking cool and chill and i'm like all right good people exist on this planet (laughs) of all shapes and sizes all shapes and sizes what are you looking forward to this year (sighs) i hope trump is done no matter what we are one year closer to this administration ending we don't know how long it's gonna last but like one year closer it's done down lasted through it barely i i'm I will give you that, but one year closer. I am excited. Another? So a kid shot his friend with ac- accidentally with his parents' gun and then committed suicide in response to shooting his friend. At least that's how it appears, and that's how the headline and the story was written. And the people who were talking about it were not saying, we need gun control. Dear God, please take the guns away. They were saying, lock up your guns. C- 
continue to have them in your household, just simply lock them up. I'm like, a teenager can absolutely find a key to a gun cabinet or learn a code. You're not keeping anybody safe by having them in your house. That's terrible. But that doesn't sound like things you're looking forward to this year. (sighs) I am looking forward to my birthday. It's my 33rd birthday. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I generally thrive in odd numbered years. I don't know why, but it always ends up that way. 2011 was real good. That was the last real good year. (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to your birthday, too, because we're probably going to go on a trip for that. And I'm looking forward to maybe going to a water park for my birthday. Mm -hmm. We're doing doing some travel again this year. Whereas Mm -hmm. last year, we were like, hey, we have to go to Las Vegas a lot. And so... Maybe we don't do as much travel. And it was not super great to not get out to new places. Yeah. Not that Orlando is new, but we've never been to Universal Studios together. No, that's true. I've never been there at all. What? It's all new to me. And we definitely can't hit everything. Um, In uplifting news, we're going to PodCon! Woo! <laughs> this is my second PodCon. I really enjoyed it last time. Uh, it did sort of mark the end of Grilled Cheese and Gin, which was completely un- unintentional and not what we were planning on doing. But Jessica is going to be there with me. And Tim is coming. Tim, who did our music. So hopefully we'll do a whole bunch of podcasty stuff with podcasty friends. And Yeah, and Tim has his own podcast, too. So maybe we'll make music with Tim or something on his podcast. Oh, my God. How great would that be? That would be great if, like, I could still sing. Like, I'm... My voice is out of shape. Tim might be doing most of the song-making process, but from what we've heard from his podcast, not all of song-making is, like, actually melody and lyrics. Like, he, he handles a lot of that stuff, and some of it is, like, opinion and, like, ooh, what about this? And... Generating I can, ideas I and can help him write a song. I just... He needs to sing it himself. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> Anything else uplifting that's happening? Uh, I think that's mostly what's going on for us. Uh, be looking for announcements about, like, Patreon and Discord because there are things on the horizon. They're basically all put together. We just have to launch. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta film a video. So that we can launch the Patreon, and then we'll probably connect the Discord around the same time, so... Mm. Eventually everything will be set up, and then it'll just be maintenance. It's a lot of work to to do a Discord server and maintain a Discord server. So you gotta keep all the trolls out. Well, thank you for potting with me. Well, thank you for potting with me. I'm glad we could kind of get back into the rhythm now that it's January. Yeah, hopefully we do it regularly and uh, release on a timely manner. Hopefully? What do you mean? We're gonna do it. It's happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, for more of our shenanigans on the internet, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SheHerHersPod. You can also send your thoughts, questions, and words of encouragement to SheHerHersPod at gmail.com. All music is by Tim Roscoe, and for more information about Tim, you can look in the show notes. We really need a sign-off. We don't. No? There's really no reason. There's no... There's no don't forget to be awesome? No. Okay. I mean, there's don't forget to be awesome, there's see you on the internet, there's thank you for potting with me, there's all these things, uh, but you can just be like, nah, now we're done. Ba-da-bum. Hope to see you again. Bye. We're literally facing each other, like we can't get away from each other. We live in the same house. Until we meet again. I don't know. Let's let's uh, take our headphones off and go play Stardew Valley. Alright, let's do it. Alright. No, I didn't put it in the wrong order. Whatever. Go ahead. If you want me to say that, then I will. Do it. (laughs) Okay.